But, hey guys, uh, my name is Josh. I'm the youth pastor here. Um, it's great to have you guys with us tonight. I'm going to be speaking about uh, like fixing our eyes on Jesus, um, specifically turn your eyes upon Jesus. And um, yeah, the, um, the, the team's going to come up and, and sing a bit of that song during communion later on. But um, yeah, I love, um, I, I absolutely love uh, doing youth group here on a Friday night. We had the best night on Friday night. We had a mystery box night for our junior youth. And um, Christian Bigmore is an absolute genius, and he puts these nights together. And so, you know, there's all these different clues that the kids have to go and find. And then when they get the clues, they end up building uh, both a, a keyword and a phone number. And so they grab one of the leaders, they ring the phone number, they tell what the keyword is, and then they find the keys to the treasure. And then when they find the keys to the treasure, we open up the treasure. We've done this, I don't know how many times, maybe oh, probably 20 times over the years since I've been here. You know, most of the time we do put like lollies or chocolate in it. One time we put two mice in there. Um, another time we put Mikey Weber's dog in there. Uh, they, they lived, don't worry. Actually, the mice we'll talk about another time. Um, no, they did live for a time. <laughs> Apparently they've died since. Like they didn't die on the night, but they died after not so long after that. But anyway, I think wasn't it? Did a lady feed them to her pet snake? Is this actually true? That's that's what I'm hearing in my ear here, in my earpiece that doesn't exist. Um, that's what that's the rumor I heard. Anyway, but on Friday night, I don't think we put anything in it because we all just forgot to put stuff in it. So we, instead, we decided to dress Dan Killy up, um, who's our drummer here, with uh, this blue wig and what was it, like a cape or some black coat thing. You look like you were wearing like a Japanese kimono. That's what it kind of looked like when you ran past. Anyway, he, he grabbed the treasure chest and said something like, ah, I've got the treasure, and ran out <laughs> to the bus, the church bus, and he jumped in the back, and then Maddie Cries drove him up the road, and the kids all chased, and it was perfectly safe and legal and workplace <laughs> health and safety. Um, I just did a workplace health and safety, child safe thing with Joe Lee this afternoon and failed miserably probably, so there you go. Um, Awesome. Oh, yes, this is going to lag a lot. So anyway, our youth group is pretty cool. Um, this, this was more for the morning service, these photos. But this was a, this was a couple of months ago when we had a combined service. Um, I think I might have shown you that one. Um, here's another photo of our kids pushing um, the pays car down the oval. Again, perfectly workplace health and safety safe. Um, this one's a little bit better. Gaga ball is always a lot more fun and, uh, and stuff like that. Um, but I want to sort of draw attention a bit, uh, just quickly, to my kind of small group. These are the kids that I have on a Friday night, uh, at junior youth anyway, and they're all pretty cool, and um, they're all pretty crazy. But um, well, yeah, so Friday night, you know, we had the best time, we're doing mystery box night, doing all that kind of fun stuff, and then all of a sudden, uh, this dude over here, this is Cortez, he's a legend. Um, shout out for Cortez, anyone who likes Cortez? Oh yeah, one person, great. Um, He's a bit of a rat bag, but he came in. He came in grade. He's in grade four now. He came at the start of grade two, and he was. He'd been so excited to come to youth group since I've known him since prep, and he'd been asking me for the, like the whole two years. And then finally he came and he went. Do you guys teach about God here? And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, oh, I hate God. And I was like, whoa. And the church roof didn't fall down on him, which was good. But um, anyway, fast forward uh, two years, and we've got other kids kind of coming in and out of our small group. There's more kids than that that join us, but he is teaching other kids to pray. And one night I'm like, I thought you said you hated God a couple of years ago. And he's like, no, I love God. Like I'm an idiot as if I didn't pick up that he's changed. But anyway, he dropped a bomb on me on Friday night. He goes, oh, by the way, mum told me I had to tell you this. 
Uh, in about a month, I'm moving, and I'm going to be moving away. I'm going to be changing schools, and I won't be coming to youth group anymore. Anyway, and then it was kind of the end of it. was like, anyway, I've got to go, bye. And I just was like, I had this moment of like, and, and you guys, some of you guys who are youth leaders or, or teachers and things like that, you've been through this before. Maybe you've even had a friend move away. But you, especially when they are kind of getting to know God or they don't know God, and, and you just feel so invested. You've worked so hard. I don't know how many times this has happened in my ministry um, I don't know what you call it, you call it career, whatever, in my ministry time, and I mean that in the sense of my whole life as a Christian, and you guys would be the same, but you know, you invest so much in someone, and they, and they say that they're going to move away, and I was trying to do like high school youth group, but it just kept bugging me and bugging me and bugging me, and I sort of just brought it to God on Friday night, halfway through the night, I'm like, God, I don't understand why you do this, and God rebuked me, like, you know those moments where you really hear God's voice, and he's gentle, but he's firm, he said, um, who do you think you are, Josh? And I was like, uh, um, you know, you've got no, I mean, you can't answer God back. So you're just like, okay, what do you, what's your point? And I felt him say, you know, I have a plan for this kid and your part may have finished. You've, you might have finished playing your part for Cortez, but I have a plan for him and I will fulfill it because I'm God. And that's kind of what I want to talk, talk about tonight is that we worry so much about so many things, even good things like people knowing God. That's a good thing to worry about. But we worry about it to the point of thinking that we have to somehow control it or we have to somehow take ownership of it in some way that's going to almost impede on what God is doing. I don't mean that in a, in a, like a you know, I don't know, demonic or controlling way that we're doing the bad thing. We don't have a bad motive. That's what I'm trying to say. We might have a good motive, but what God is wanting to say to us tonight, I believe, is that we don't need to worry about anything because he is trustworthy. He is good. He will fulfill what he wants to do. He will have his way. There's nothing that can stop God from doing that. Francis Chan puts it this way. This is my favorite um, author slash preacher slash one of my favorite human beings. I think the slide is not working all of a sudden thank you nathan okay so friend oh no back one <laughs> okay so francis chan said worry implies that we don't quite trust go- wow <laughs> hey there we go it's going back even further i'll just let you do it dude if you want to go oh Hey, oh, isn't it a wonderful, wonderful thing? All right, we'll get it back up there again in a minute. But basically, um, the Francis Chan quote, oh, there we go. It says, worry implies that we don't, try, we don't quite trust God is big enough, powerful enough, or loving enough to take care of what's happening in our lives. Now, that might be a bit offensive, maybe. Uh, I know I found that pretty offensive when I first heard that quote, but it's true, isn't it? Think, look, I mean, look at that again. Worry implies that we don't quite trust God is big enough, powerful enough, or loving enough to take care of what's happening in our lives. Now, I'm not speaking about mental health issues here, by the way. Depression, anxiety, all that kind of stuff, that's different. That's a medical condition. But I'm talking about kind of like the everyday stress, everyday worries that we have as human beings that may even lead to that kind of stuff, but that's a topic that we can talk about another time. But worrying about, maybe you're worrying about money, maybe you're worrying about jobs, maybe you're worried about... Um, your job that you're doing now, you get stressed in. Maybe you're worried about what you're doing in ministry. Maybe you're worried about your kids. Maybe you're worried about your spouse. Maybe you're worried about not having a spouse. We worry about all these 
legitimate things, but the question is, how much do we let it control our lives? You see, I, I, I put it this way. Here's the Josh Lack version of it, um, and I've clicked the button, so hopefully it will just go. There we go. It's a, I've heard, the only reason we worry is because we don't trust God. I'm pretty sure I heard Bill Johnson say something like that in a sermon, but I couldn't find it. So quote Josh Lack instead. Sorry, Bill, you're out. But, but seriously, the only reason we worry is because we don't trust God. Think about it for a minute. God actually knows what he's doing. God actually has it in control. You know, we sing it. You're never going to let me down. You are good. You know, we've sung it tonight. How great is our God? He actually knows what he's doing. And if we fully trust him, we actually don't need to worry about anything. We don't need to worry about anything. That's pretty much the whole sermon, so I can just we'll get the team back up and that's about it. But seriously, we don't need to worry about anything. But, okay, the question was how? Like, how do we do that? I know, you know, there are so many things that legitimately we can worry about. Um, I don't know. Gosh, where do you start? You know, I think of the, if, I, if, I was, if I was to go back to that picture of those boys up there and tell you some of their stories, my goodness, they're legitimate things to worry about. If I look around the room here at some of you guys and some of your stories, we have legitimate things to worry about. But the question is, how much do we let it control our lives? I was thinking about this. I don't know how many youth groups that I've done over the years where I've rocked up and maybe the hall's been messy and I've had to clean it up with some people. You know, the junior leaders are annoying me. What's with us every week? Um, some of the leaders are annoying me. Um, I don't know, some of the parents are complaining or asking dumb questions like, the bus says it's coming at 9 o'clock, but is the bus coming at 9 o'clock? Yes, it is. That's why I wrote that. I wouldn't have written that if it didn't say that. You're an absolute idiot, but I'm not going to say that to your face because then I'll get in trouble. But I'm thinking it, and I'm getting stressed, and then we're having a leader's meeting, and we pray. And I'm, but I, but my, I'm like thinking of the next thing. So I'm not even praying. I'm like, mm, yep, 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 wanting to get out there, wanting to get youth group happening, um, you know, trying to control stuff, trying to do stuff. And I've, I don't know how many youth groups I've done where I've got to the end of the night, we've got to the leaders meeting up in the office, we've sat there at 9.40, a.k.a. 10 o'clock. Um, all the leaders know, they're like, oh, yes, yeah, if we ever have a debrief at 9.40, that's the goals. And I've sat there and we've prayed and I've started praying and God's just gone, hi, Josh. And I've gone, Damn. <laughs> yeah, I just did this whole night without you, Lord. I just did this whole night in my own strength. No wonder it sucked for me. And the kids had fun. The leaders probably had fun. God still moved because God still has his way. God doesn't need Josh Lack. God doesn't need you, but he wants you and he wants to use us. But whose strength do you want to do it in? Yours or his? Because his is infinite. Yours is limited. Yours relies on what you've learnt, what you know, good and bad. His is infinite. And there's no sin in our God. His strength is infinite. His power is infinite. He wants us and calls us to rely on him completely. So I, try, so I tried that on Friday night. The Cortez thing got me off, caught me offside for a little bit. But I tried to press into God and actually prayed this weird thing over my leaders that I'd heard which was that we would leak the presence of God excuse my theology if it's wrong but that we would be so full of God's spirit that it would just pour out on those around us that everything we say everything we do everything we touch might be impacted because God lives inside of us 
And man, it was an awesome night. I saw God do amazing things. I saw him start to work on lives, work in people's hearts. I saw my leaders flourishing and I saw him moving because I trusted him completely. I could have sat back and done nothing and he still would have done it. But he, he doesn't need us, folks. He wants us. He loves us so much that he would choose to use us as weak as we are, as silly as we are. I was talking to Janelle Thomas this morning and I said, and she just said, oh, you know, isn't it funny you know, how God uses us? And I said, I feel like an absolute dill. Like, I feel like an absolute idiot. Why would he use me? Like, I mean, I've got nothing and I've done so many dumb things and you guys have seen how many dumb things I've done, yet God would still choose to use me. And I feel like giving up and saying, well, I've done too many bad things. You know, you guys have seen me fail epically, some of you. Just discount Josh Lack, like kick him out. I should just go to a new church and start again. That's how I feel. But I wonder how many of you feel like that too. You think, well, I've stuffed up that many times. I might as well just move house. But that's not how God works. That's not grace. That's actually not what God wants. There's a beauty in our failure in that we are redeemed because of him, that we are actually made worthy because of him. That he takes the broken things of this world. Look at Moses. Moses killed a guy and God still used him. Look at David. He inadvertently killed a guy so he could bang his wife. God used him amazingly. God called him a man after his own heart. Oh my goodness. See, God takes the broken things of this world and he uses it for his glory. But we've got to stay focused on him. We've got to absolutely stay focused on him. There was a hymn written, uh, you probably know this song, the guys are going to sing it. It says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It was written by Helen, the whatever her name is. Um, you know, she actually wrote this in 1918. That's exactly 100 years ago that she wrote this chorus. She wrote the rest of the song a few years later, but she wrote this chorus in 1918. I don't know, there's not much about her. I've tried to find out what, you know, if, if she has some cool story, like the story for the guy that wrote It Is Well, which you need to look up. Go and Google It Is Well story. Amazing. Um, Horatio Spafford, I think was his name. Am I right? Yes, I got a name right. Wow, I'm like becoming Tim Neal. This is great. But look at this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That is truer that is, that, sorry, that is as true today as it was 100 years ago. But what does it mean to look full in his wonderful face? Well, maybe some of you are married. Maybe you've looked in your spouse full in their face on your wedding day. Maybe some of you have children and you look full in their wonderful face and just think how amazing they are. You're captivated by them. I, I, I haven't met... I, I, got a, I got a new little niece on uh, Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning, which was really cool. Jake and Tara had a little baby girl, Haley, which is cool. I haven't met her yet because I've had a bit of a cold... But I was looking at photos of her and particularly watching my little nephew, Xavier, be a big brother for the first time. And he was just captivated. There's this photo of them together, captivated. He's absolutely captivated by her, looking full in her wonderful face. And that's what this song was actually saying. This is what this is kind of like, to look full in Jesus' face, is to be captivated by him. Not just to go, yes, God, I'll do what you say, God, but to be captivated by God. To be so in love with him knowing that he is good, trusting that he is good, even when it doesn't seem like it. To look full in his wonderful face. And I love this. I mean, can you believe this isn't a hymn that old people sing? 
and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Who sings strangely in a song? I feel like, I feel like one of the teenagers from Friday night wrote this song. Oh, yeah, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. That's, what, 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 that's, that's the craziest thing. But yeah, that's what it seems like. I mean, look what happened to Job. Job went through absolute chaos. His family was destroyed. His finances were destroyed. His livelihood was destroyed. His pride was destroyed. And what did he do? He got out and worshipped God. Why? Because he looked full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth grew strangely dim. It's almost like this word shouldn't be in the song because when we look full in his wonderful face, it isn't strange that the things of the earth grow dim because he's so good that everything that is bad doesn't matter. Because one day, most of what you're going through right now isn't going to matter. It isn't going to be there. I was thinking about this the other night. I, I, I get incredible nerve pains in my legs. They drive me nuts. Absolutely. I mean, I scream sometimes in the car. I scream some, quite often at night. You ask my housemates, they can hear me. They, they just awkwardly don't know what to do. I'm like, just ignore me. I'll be fine. Because that's what the doctors say. But it just is so annoying. And I was driving the car the other day down Anzac Avenue and I was in such pain. I pulled over. I was screaming at God. I was like, God, I'm in such agony. Holy Spirit, you, you, you say that you live in me. Can you feel this right now? Can you feel this pain? And he said, yep. And I went, really? But don't you just live in my heart? And he says, no, I dwell inside of you. What, where on earth do you think that I just live in one part of you? And I feel like we have this, I, I felt almost like convicted. And I did some researching about where does God live inside of us? You know, does he just live in our lung that if we cough, we go, oh, whoops, we fell out. Quick, I better get him back in. Or, you know, does he live in our brain if we forget about, you know, like, no, he actually dwells inside of us. He dwells in these legs that are wretched. And just about every one of you here will have some kind of niggling shoulder injury or knee injury or elbow injury or something, some kind of pain in your life. God lives in there. God lives in your scars. He dwells inside of us. He goes through everything you go through. There is nothing that you are experiencing right now that he's not experiencing with you. The pain that you feel right now, oh, how much more he feels it than you do. The pain you feel about your loved ones not knowing God, oh, how much more does he feel it than you do. The pain of sickness and illness and watching people hurt and watching people walk away from him, oh, how much more he feels it than you do. And that's good. That means we can rely on him. That means that we can turn to him. We can look full in his wonderful face. Psalm 34 is a great psalm. And it's one of my favorite psalms. And I encourage you to read it when you get home. It says, keep your eyes on the Lord, verse 5 says. You will shine like the sun and never blush with shame. We sing that chorus sometimes. No one who waits upon the Lord will ever be ashamed. will never blush with shame. Even if people ridicule you for knowing God, even if the accuser, Satan, comes and he points the finger at you and says, ha ha, you're sinning, I know that you're sinning, and I know that you say you've repented, oh, but you're back there again doing it. No, God says, that is my child, and I have saved them, and I'm doing a work in them. They're not perfect, but one day they'll be made perfect. It's both a now and not yet concept. In his eyes, we are perfect, but at the same time, we're not perfect because we're still here on earth and we still sin. But even if you died right now, if you love God, if you trust him, if you've given your heart to him, and I don't mean you have to cut it out of you and give it to him. There's always these weird things we say in church. It's like when they say it in every song, oh, please stand for the next song. Oh, yeah, right. Sure, I'll just get up out of the chair. Why not? It's not, it's not giving our heart to him in the sense of a physical thing, but it's, but it's saying, you know what? You are God. I am not. I surrender. Thank you for the cross. 
I love you. Come into my heart. Come into me. Fill me up, God. That's what I want for this church tonight, is that we would be filled with the presence of God, that we would be filled with the power of God. Matthew, in Matthew, Jesus spoke uh, to his disciples, and Matthew recorded, and, he, and Jesus said this. He said, therefore... Um, Sorry, not just to his disciples. This is when Jesus spoke to... This was the Sermon on the Mount when he spoke to thousands and thousands of people. He said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life... It's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. (laughs) You can't add a single hour to your life. In fact, you're probably taking hours off your life by worrying. We don't need to worry. We can trust him. He feeds all the birds. They don't store their food anywhere, but he feeds them. And he'll feed you. When when, when it's talking about turn your eyes upon Jesus, when it's saying keep your eyes on the Lord here in Psalm 34, it's not talking about it in a a physical sense because, of course, we can't physically see Jesus. I often have thought, why wouldn't it be easier if Jesus just lived somewhere and we could just go visit him? But can you imagine trying to get to him all the time? Instead, he's done something even more wonderful, and that is he's made himself available to everybody in the whole world. By making himself invisible, he's visible to everyone in a spiritual sense. We're talking about keeping our eyes spiritually on the Lord. This is not a battle of flesh and blood, my friends. We don't, we don't fight flesh and blood. We fight in the spirit. There is a battle. I've talked about this before. There's a battle over our lives, a battle where God and Satan are trying to get our hearts, trying to tear us. Well, Satan's trying to tear us apart and God's trying to, is, is trying to um, you know, win our hearts. And yet God always wins. God always has his way. There's some whole stuff about election now. I said this this morning, and you can ask Tim Neal or someone smart about that stuff. I don't understand it. Um, but Psalm 34, keep your eyes on the Lord. You will shine like the sun and never blush with shame. And I love this. David says, I was a nobody, but I prayed, and the Lord saved me from all my troubles. I was a nobody, but I prayed, and the Lord saved me from all my troubles. Now, you might look at that and think, well, I don't kind of feel saved from all of my troubles. What if God is doing a work in you now that might change someone in the future? What if God is doing a work in you now that's going to change your character to make you the better person that you've asked him to be? I remember last year and uh, when I was in hospital, and again, I'm talking about Janelle. Um, Janelle came and visited me on one day when I was really down. Uh, they hadn't found what was wrong with me, and I was really angry, and I was in so much pain. And uh, you know, The doctors had told me, look, we don't know what it is, but whatever it is, you're not going to walk again. And... You know, this is the end, and it was just awful. And I'm sitting there, and, and, and I remember we were sitting there at the coffee club across the road um, from the Marta Hospital there in the city, and I remember Janelle just looked at me, and, and she said, this sucks, hey. And I know that sounds like, like how is that going to help anybody? But Janelle, so for those of you that know Janelle, that know that she's been through some pretty significant health issues as well, and, and so has her husband. And when she said that, there was this depth in her that met, my, met me where I was at. And I went, this lady understands. This lady actually gets it. I'm not saying that, sorry, some of you were like, we visited you, we, we, we had empathy. Uh, but I'm just talking about this specific moment, okay? <laughs> some of you guys did some, there was some great God moments as well. I, I needed the church. I needed the church last year. I still need the church. I need, we need each other. 
You know, God created us to, to love each other for a reason. He didn't just create us to come to church on a Sunday. We need each other. And that moment with Janelle was just great because God met me in a deep way. And perhaps in that moment, I don't know, for Janelle, when maybe there was a moment, or maybe it's today, where you've gone, wow, whatever, God, whatever I went through way back then with my health actually helped Josh last year. Wow, God, I get it. And that's how I feel. And I sat with a girl right here on the stage here on Friday night, and she said, I'm going through some stuff, but I don't really want to talk about it. So I prayed, and God just told me what it was anyway. And so then I said it to her, and she's like, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't. God just told me. Um, that's, that's what Prophecy Night's about, that, that you can go to tomorrow night. That's what people will do. It's great. Woo! Hashtag extra shout out. But it was great because um, I, he didn't tell me specifically exactly what happened with her, but just some stuff, and I just got a vision, and I prayed for her. And I looked at her, and I said, it's going to be okay. Jesus really loves you, and he really wants to comfort you. And I just felt really privileged to be able to do that. And I think having gone through what I went through has given me almost that same depth that Janelle has had. Now, now here's what I'm not saying. I don't want any of you to go through what I went through or what Janelle went through. Absolutely not. In Jesus' name, I pray that this church has full health and wonderful lives. I really do. But if that's what it takes for you to know God deeper and for the people around you to know God deeper, then you should say, bring it on. Because you know what? That's what I say. Bring it on. Because Satan is so dumb. He comes at us and he tries to tear our lives apart. He tries to throw sickness at us. He tries to throw relationship breakdown at us. He tries to throw financial trouble at us. And God says, you know what? You can go this far, Satan, as he did with Job. You can go this far, but I'm cutting you off there because I am going to bring glory to myself through this situation. And whatever you're going through right now, my friends, take heart. Be encouraged because God will use it in a way that you don't you can't even see, and I can't even see, but he can see. Because when we look full in his wonderful face, the things of earth will grow dim, and it won't be as strange. The more we do it, the less strange it will be. We can change the song and we should sing it. The things of earth will grow expectantly dim, because we will be expectant that that's what will happen, because that's what our God does. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You might sit there and think, well, I don't have everything that I need, but God has given you everything you need. He actually has. Whether you feel like it or not, he gives us everything we need. Sometimes we have an abundance. Sometimes we have way, too, way more than we need. I sit here on a Friday night on the stage and I preach and I see so many kids just on their phones. And on Friday night, we spoke about freedom and we spoke about what true freedom is. And I said a few things that just the Holy Spirit just put on my heart. It wasn't Josh Lack. Matt could have said it. H could have said it. Kate could have said it. Anyone could have said it. But I saw so many people's eyes just look up like, wow. God is doing something in that moment. Holy Spirit is moving in Kalanga. Holy Spirit is moving in this church. We need to pray over this space because I believe God is doing great things here through many of the, the different ministries. Um, I'm going to skip through these next few verses. Um, and... Go to this one, John 15, um, and it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Remember how I was talking about before how, you know, when I've done youth group so many times and I've done it in my own strength, well, no wonder nothing good happened from my angle because apart from him, we can do nothing. But let's reverse this around. What, he's, what Jesus is saying, he's saying, he's saying, with me, you can do anything. 
can do anything in his name. You know, I've heard of people that, you know, go to crazy places and they pray and they see people that, you know, um, have incredible diseases get healed. You know, we read about it in the Bible, about incredible miracles. I've heard about, um, you know, even a story today. Um, um, I'm just looking at Tamsin. Can I share what you shared with us today? Because that was awesome. This is a really cool thing. Tam went away on the weekend um, with some friends and she just was praying. And this, is, and this is what you do, guys. This is what look full in his wonderful face. Means. She was just praying, asking God, hey, you know, I'm going away with a bunch of friends who don't know you. And God said to her, I'm going to do something. And she didn't know what that was, but she just trusted him. And she got there and she found out that one of her friends has been doing an alpha course, which is like an introductory to Christianity. And she then, the girl that's going through the alpha course, explained to the other friends what Christianity was. And they were all asking questions for like an hour or something like that. And Tam didn't have to say anything. And God said, it was almost like God had said to her, you know what, I'm going to do something. You can just sit back and watch. (laughs) But she prayed into that. And God heard her prayer and did it. That's what looking full in his wonderful face is. Apart from him... We can do nothing. But he's doing stuff that we don't even know. Tam didn't even know that her friend was doing an Alpha course. This is what our God does. And that's why, my friends, we've got to pray. I believe we're in a really crazy time in, in, in eternity, in, in like the, the, the history of the world. I don't know what's going on. There just seems to be so many crazy things. Again, I'm looking around at the room and looking around at some of you guys who've just gone through hell in the last few years. And I don't know what is going on spiritually. I wish God, I I pray that God would show us more and more. But I do know that God is moving powerfully. If it looks like the enemy is moving powerfully, how much much more powerfully is our God? He's going to move way more. We need to be praying, church. We've got to be praying. Get along to one of those prayer things. Come along on a Monday night. It's awesome. If that's not your thing, come along before the service and pray. If you can't get there, if church is the only thing you can get to, pray in the car, pray in the shower, pray on the toilet. All right? Especially if you're a boy. You're going to be sitting there for 20 minutes. We all know. Get off your phone and pray. (laughs) Sorry, that's a bit gross, isn't it? (laughs) Sorry, Lincoln. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh, man. Hey, um, why don't we get the team back up? Um. Oh, actually, no, we're going to do communion. That's right. See, I knew I'd forget. Night service. Classic Josh Lack. All right. We're going to wrap up in a sec. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I have a real heart. I felt this on my heart this morning, and God's just bringing it up as I'm speaking now. And For some of you, there's people in your life who've walked away from God whether it's children, whether it's friends, whether it's parents, or, or maybe, that maybe it's they haven't fully walked away from God, but they just don't know him intimately. And, and I'm just, I feel like God's bringing that up right now. And I just want to draw your attention to this in Psalm 34. He says, The Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. There are some of you who think maybe there's no hope for that person, or you're thinking that you're just seeing this destructive path for them. But God saves those who are crushed in spirit. Perhaps that person has to go through that in order to see God. We should be praying, no matter what it takes, God, I don't care what it takes, just that they know you. But give it to him. Don't try and force the issue. Don't try and take control of it. And guys, understand this. Everything in me wants to just say, I honestly want to ring up Cortez's mum and go, oh, really, do you guys have to move? Like, and I'm, I'm actually praying, because I think the best thing would be for him to stay here. 
But there are so many kids here that just walk away from God. There are more kids that have come to youth group here that have walked away than they have kicked on with God. But, but I don't, well, I'm not God. I don't know. God's doing something, and I've got to trust him. We need to trust him. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you're feeling crushed in spirit, take heart. He cares for you. He delivers them from all their troubles. One day he will deliver us completely from our troubles. That's true. That verse is true. He will deliver us from all our troubles. But that's both a now and not yet concept. You might think that there's trouble, but God will use it. God will do great things. Again, I hate... I said this this morning, when I went, on, I went on this spiritual retreat last weekend, and every single person that prayed for me, without fail, had to mention the bloody wheelchair. I'm like, I know I'm in a wheelchair. I get it. They always have to pray for it. And, I, and don't get me wrong, I'm, God actually did a work in me. He opened my heart to that, because I think I'd close my heart off to anyone praying for me to be healed, because it's just too hard. You know, It's like, oh, but what if he doesn't again and again and again? But I opened my heart to it. Everyone had to do that. And I just thought, you know what? There's more important things than me getting out of this chair. This is more important right here. Not Vancouver's Lee Clinic. My heart. <laughs> this is pretty important. And we should pray for Aaron. <laughs> but we've got to pray for our soul, for our heart, and for those around us. That's what's important. That's what's going to heaven. This body's not going to heaven. Hallelujah. I didn't really like it before. Its legs didn't work that much. But anyway, that's another story. But, our, but, but we in our spirit... We'll be with him forever. We're getting a new body. But I want to know him and I want to be, I want to leak his presence everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, I want people to know. And I and church, you guys, you know, you know how much I've failed in that. But uh, sorry, I know. See, Ari's like, yeah, I, I'm troubled by that. But take heart. <laughs> take heart. By the way, I, I love babies. Ari is like the, he's a really good looking baby. He's like a mixture of Dave and Kate, I reckon. So we have to hold back the girls, look out. But you know what? I want to know Jesus. I want Ari to know Jesus. And I want us to know Jesus. Every single, pl- every single person in this place, that we might leak the presence of God. Some of you have been worried about all kinds of things, about maybe even you know, worried about family, or maybe worried that this church is getting smaller, worried when Dave left. And there's been a lot of stuff going on even in this place. But look at how Tim stepped up the last five weeks and preached probably the, one of the best series I've ever heard. Amen? On transitioning together in Colossians. Amazing. Maddie Kay's getting up next week and he's going to be preaching out of Hebrews, which I'm really looking forward to. And then Janelle's going to be speaking um, at her last service as worship pastor. <gasps> Hashtag it's too soon already. God is doing great things. We've got to trust him. Look what's happening on Monday nights. Now I see, the, the, I see people like Kate and Jordan and Toby and these guys who are absolutely on fire for God. And they leak the presence of God because they're spending time with him. Let's spend time with him as a church. Let's encourage one another and build one another up. I'm going to finish with this as we, as we take communion together tonight. Jesus took the tree of death so that you could have the tree of life. You see... At one time, we were all far from God. We'd all, we've all said no to him at some point in our lives. Even if you've grown up in a Christian family, you've had rebellious points where you've doubted him, perhaps where you haven't trusted him. But in his ridiculous love for us, ridiculous, his reckless love for us, he decided to come down to earth as a man, as a human, as one of us, and to this filthy place, And he gave his life 
willingly gave his life on the cross. He prayed, Father, if there's another way, please take this cup from me. But there was no other way because sin needs to be punished. And so he took the punishment upon himself. Every time I think about that, I get goosebumps. And I pray that when we hear the gospel every time we get goosebumps, that we just are in awe of the fact that he took our place on that cross, on that tree of death, that we might have eternal life. And not just eternal life, but life now and life to the full. My friends, if you look full in his wonderful face, your troubles will ease. And you don't have to worry. Trent, you guys want to come up and... During communion, again, the guys are going to be singing Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And you can either choose to sit and, uh, and take communion uh, or, or join in and sing. And Basically, you're welcome to take communion at any time. The way we do it at Rivers is just come up, grab a biscuit, dip it in the juice. Um, you can either eat it there or take it back to your seat. That's fine. Um, as Tim mentioned before, there's offering bags there. We'd love for you guys to give. But why don't we stand... If you can stand. I just said it. There you go. Why don't we stand? Oh. I forgive everybody who has ever said that in church. Amen. Father, we just come to you now. Take our worries. We turn our eyes upon you. We look full in your wonderful face because you are powerful. You have un- unlimited strength. You have infinite strength to give us. And we thank you, God, that you are restoring things in this place. Holy Spirit, break through. Break through right now. Break through in this place. Jesus, thank you that you died for us. Thank you that you took our place. Thank you for this place, Rivers. I pray for rivers of life in this place. You lead us. You guide us. You comfort us. Thank you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.